Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to your Sunday night sports fest. Yes, it's time for Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM. I'm Alan Moore and I'm ready to bring you, ready for it, with double N, the very best news, views, reviews, previews and interviews in the world of sports. So, it's almost the end of 2019 here in Russia and just as Britain lurches scarily into the 19th century, all their football clubs' progress in UEFA competitions in Europe, while Russian clubs have only domestic football come springtime. Russian football goes into deep freeze until March, so we're lucky that we have the race for second place in the English Premier League to warm us, warm our cockles of our little hearts. We told you in October Liverpool had the EPL won. I hope you listened and I hope you backed us, because remember last October we did the exact same thing with Man City and... Well, we were right. It was a difficult week for Russian sports off the field as Russian teams and athletes won't be able to hear the anthem, wear the flag or even call themselves Russian at next year's Olympics in Tokyo or the Paralympics as well. And not just. And as we said here last week and on Monday morning, we tweeted it out that, yes, this was going to happen. We knew before everybody else because we are your source for news. So... When is a ban not a ban? And just why are Russia caught in a really nasty anti-doping civil war? Right, it's crunch time in American football with college bowl season already underway from last night and the NFL playoff spots on the line. And just why are American female basketball players coming to Russia? We'll kick off now with uh, the EPL action and Andrew Flint will join us shortly in part two. He'll stay with us on the line and we'll look at Russian football mayhem. And then in part three, we have a deeper look at just why Arsenal are not quite... I was saying to Double N, is it soup du jour? And he said, no, it's soup of the day. In China, and James Rowe, our man over in Amsterdam, he's going to join us for that. 
at the uh, just after 10 o'clock in part 4 Alex B he joins us for his North American rundown our legal eagle Isolt Cody is with us in part 5 to talk Russia's naughty step and in part 6 Andrew Flint is back with us to talk the talk and an awful lot of let's just say thyroid problems that are seem to be affecting English athletes or British athletes now of course I love it I love it at this time of year there's so much football going on and as we're speaking as I'm speaking sorry on this the royal we or the Irish royal we anyway as I'm speaking double n is crying on the far side of the console for me because it is Manchester City 3 Arsenal nil Mesut Ossil who will speak about uh, uh, just so you know there's Ossil which is like uh, donkey, is that right? Yeah, no, double S going, yeah, donkey. So, os, os, asyol, asyol, is donkey in Russian. Uh, asyl, asyl is donkey in Irish. So, Ozil, well, he made a bit of a donkey of himself this week. We'll, we'll find out more about that. Uh, that's Mesut Ozil. And he, of course, kicked off as he's walking off the field being substituted. Dreadful time for Arsenal. Managerless Arsenal, of course. Earlier on today... Manchester United could only draw 1-1 at home with Everton. Good for Everton. They're on the way back. Um, not so good for United because they really should have won that game. Wolverhampton Wanderers, who progressed in Europe, they lost 2-1 at home to Tottenham Hotspur. Now, of course, there was a lot of games yesterday. And as we said, Liverpool have tied up the English Premier League title by winning 2-0 at that uh, Watford. So they beat Watford 2-0 and they tied it up. Chelsea, okay, Chelsea lost to AFC Bournemouth at home. That was just a shocking loss because um, I think no one saw it coming, especially not Bournemouth, so they kind of like were, were quite happy. Leicester City, they messed up badly against Norwich City. They drew 1-1 at home. West Ham United, they are, oh, they're so damn inconsistent, but they won 1-0 yesterday at Southampton to try and lift themselves up the table a wee bit. Right now, okay, the live table, so let's just discount what's going on uh, with Arsenal and Man City. So we'll just take it that Man City have, you know, they're, they're doing okay. Um, Liverpool are top on 49 points. They are 10 points clear of surprise packet uh, Leicester City. So that was a, you know, again, they are done. The league title is Liverpool's. It's gone to Liverpool. Just like all the Labour voters, they have gone to Liverpool. They're staying in Liverpool. They don't read the sun. Rightly so. Manchester United, they are hanging on there in sixth place. As we said, we still fancy them to get up into fifth place. They are right beside, uh, right behind Tottenham Hotspur. Spurs got that much needed win. They are in fifth place in 26. Chelsea just ahead on 29. Then looking down the very bottom table, Watford, which is one win in 17, six draws, of course. Uh, they are, they're doomed. They're gone. Norwich City, you know, that, 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 uh, point yesterday has helped them a wee bit but they're still three points from safety Southampton they are level with Aston Villa on 15 points that's of course 17th and 18th place and Everton are in 16th on 18 points West Ham have moved a little bit further away they're four points clear of relegation right now now a little bit of gossip for you coming around because of course we like to sort of warm warm you up at this time of night of course that absolute Super, super, super player, Erling Haaland, who people kind of going, oh, who is he? Who is he? The Red Bull uh, Salzburg player. Uh, he's only 19 year, years old. He's a Norway striker. He is a really, really, he's a huge lump for a kid. Like, he's a big man. Um, apparently, 
Apparently, he has told Oli Gullar Saltshire over dinner, well, we believe, well, I don't know if that's true, um, that he wants he wants to move to Manchester United if he's going to move in January. Of course, he's been mooted to go to Red, Red, uh, Red Bull Leipzig. He's going to Borussia Dortmund. Very unlikely he'll stay in German football. He, I think England is, is where he's going to go. All right, Barcelona. Okay, Barcelona said they want to sign Pep Guardiola because if he leaves Man City, he's going to them. Okay, um, we're going to speak later on, of course, with James Rowe about who is going to join Arsenal because that is just, um, you know, a lot of people, even um, Mr. Kovac, the uh, ex-Croatian international and Eintracht and um, uh, Bayern Munich coach, uh, he said he's not interested in it. He, he made quite a statement, he's not interested. And a lot of it is to do with the financial dealings, okay? Um Man City, okay, they are lucky to try and get Jaden Sancho. Now, we spoke last week with Andrew Flint about that. We'll ask him now in a moment um, what is going to happen with Jaden Sancho. That is the 19 year old lad who used to go with uh, Man City, um, or used to go with Man City. That seems like he was in a relationship with them. Well, he, he was, he was owned by them. And he went away, of course, to Borussia Dortmund. Now, of course, last week, Man City. Uh, supposedly we're saying we're not going to sign him back we don't want him back like you know he's not coming home but now uh, according to the sun the sun they said yes that he's going back to them okay now um, Manuel Pellegrini the West Ham boss uh, supposedly he's going to be fired tomorrow okay because things have gotten so bad with the board I, I won't even describe the board. I'll let uh, James Roy should do that the, the, some strange people on the board there but he is going to be fired on Monday um Apparently, and David Moyes, the ex-United and Everton Scottish coach, he is going to be there very, very soon. Right, so we're going to go straight away out to two men, to Mr. Andrew Flint, and ask him, Andrew, um, a good point yesterday for United or an awful lot dropped? If you can hear. <laughs> that was an absolutely dreadful two points dropped. I've, I've got to be honest. When you've got a club in as much turmoil as Everton, then... Uh, you've got to seriously ask questions. United this season have had bursts of brilliance and the bursts are too brief. And, and it was the same case again. Um, the last 15, 20 minutes, brilliant. The rest, bit a bit tepid, to be honest with you. So definitely two points drops there. Yeah, because I mean, in all fairness, I mean, Everton are coming back. I mean, I mean, it's an own goal they got, like, what's the lad there? Lindelof. Yeah, Lindelof. Uh, he, he, you know, he, he gave away the, the goal. Um, but if you look at like your know, Mason Greenwood, he is like he he scored midweek uh, in the Europa League against um, AZ Alkmaar. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, he's he's on good form. Um, there was also, uh, you know, there, there was also a question of of like you know with VAR interfering again. Um, but do you think that it was it was fair? It was fair for um, you know. Th- for, for Everton to draw because I mean Ferguson now Duncan Ferguson of course the ex um, Rangers and, and Everton player and Scottish international he's done okay he's done okay so I mean do you think that maybe they'll, they'll st- Everton will stick with him? Well to be honest with you I think they could do a lot worse in the short term um, I mean he, he worked out which a lot of teams do um, at Old Trafford that if you put two men up front put pressure on Manchester United then you can um, you can get some decent rewards I mean in the long term he's not the answer because I don't think he's got the tactical subtlety that Everton probably need to, to climb Look, I was I was watching just a little bit of the game today because I, I, I yeah I mean I I, I was at a, a well Norwich dancing show, but um, as as one does of a Sunday afternoon, um, I, I was impressed by Ferguson. He, he was there like just basically in a shirt and tie, and it was pouring rain, 
and it was well, you know what Manchester is like. It's cold this time of year, um, and the fans were loving him. They were they were chanting his name. They want him to stay on as boss. Yeah. He said he he doesn't want to stay on. So do you think maybe if the if the directors say, listen, we'll we'll sign you for eighteen months and see what happens, or do you think that you know that that um, he might need more than that to convince him to stay? Well, I think they're either going to have to say to him, look, you're the man or you're not. I think a medium-term or short-to-medium term option like that probably won't be too tempting for him because, I mean, he, he's he got the emotional connections for the club. He understands that the fans need something to lift them. So we've seen so many examples of this. Managers coming in, getting an early boot. Yeah. Um, I think an 18-month deal would make sense in one terms, but I don't think it's enough to attract Duncan Ferguson long-term. Um, I think he either needs to be... They need to throw the lot in with him, or they don't, um, and make their mind up. But we've seen how awful the Everton board's decision-making has been in the last few years. I think uh, I don't see them making the right call, to be honest, uh, whichever one that is. I mean, there's a lot of people who listen to us, and, and they won't remember. Like, I mean, when I, well, I mean, I'm older than you, but I remember um, <clears throat> when Everton were like a really great side. I mean, you've got the likes of Graeme Sharp and Gary Lineker were there, and they were you know, winning leagues and winning in Europe and winning cups. And they were, they, they were, you know, it was either them or Liverpool. It was always the, one of those two at the top of the league. And um, they had a, a lovely, they, they were always a very strong team, and they were kind of uh, the team of Liverpool in many, many senses. And of course, they were the Irish club of Liverpool as well. I mean, we, we, I remember Wayne Rooney when he, he made his debut back in, it would have been 2001 or 2002. Um, I was in Saudi Arabia at the time. I mean, they've always had this great um, name and great brand and great history. Uh, do you think it's, it's just the owners that it's there? Or do you think that maybe as Liverpool have grown and continue to grow globally that Everton just have never really caught up? I think they've been left behind by an excellent period of ownership at Liverpool. We have to give credit to um, to what the well, Fenway Sports Group have done. But Farhad Mushiri has come in and he's made some really, really bizarre decisions. I mean, bringing in Marcel Brands, who is recognised as a really, really top-level director of football, and then overruling him, calling team meetings with managers before even allowing brands to, to make the calls. It doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, this is a man with a lot of wealth behind him and they have put some money into the, the playing staff and there's drawn out talks of the stadium being redeveloped, but it, there's no movement. There's yes. The, the ownership is the real problem. Well, if like just you talk about like, the investments and, and who they bought in and who they brought in. Of course, they have... He, well, he's... he's well, he's turning 20 quite in uh, February next year. Uh, uh, Moise Keane, okay, uh, the, the, well, the Italian international, I mean, who, I mean, he was unbelievably good in Juventus. He, of course, suffered horrific racial abuse when he was, when he was playing for Juventus. Um, even playing for Italy, some of the Italian fans were kind of, you know, making monkey chats to him. So, well, he, he, he made a huge, a huge, uh, like a huge money move. Like, it was well, like around 30 million he paid today he was taken off after 18 minutes yeah. and uh, <clears throat> I mean it was noticeable for me I, 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 and I saw it he was walking by Ferguson and Ferguson looked away from him so I mean the, you know yeah. he's already been dropped last month for so, so, you know supposed um, disciplinary reasons, reasons so this is like a, a lot of money spent on a young fellow who has great potential but he looks like he's going to be the next Balotelli rather than the I don't know the next uh, Desai. 
Well, I, I have to be honest, it was the most bizarre decision um, that I've seen. A lot of people have commented that, oh, well, people are making a deal out of this because of Moise Keane being a black player. Well, I mean, there has to be some grounds, there has to be something that has caused Duncan Ferguson to take him off. I mean, um, it's humiliating to be substituted uh, when you've come on as a sub, but even worse, when you've come on with 15 minutes to go and you've already come off to, before the end. It made no sense. I don't really see what he's going to achieve by that. Because that's a big investment by the club. He's clearly a talented player. There is absolutely no positive way that is going to get the best out of him. If they're not going to get the best out of him, then sell him. Don't hang him out to dry like that. Personally, I thought that was absolutely disgraceful um, treatment of him. But, like I say, we don't know the full story. And there have been... Yeah. Yeah. ...causing problems. So, we don't know. Okay, I mean, okay, let's let's look at United for the moment. Um... The, the the big talk right now, um, <clears throat> of course, um, Pogba has only been in twice since August, okay? Um, and we haven't seen him since, uh, sep- well, the end of September, shall we say. Um, and looking at it, I mean, they, they're talking about getting uh, Erling Haaland. I've, I, I said at the start of the show, the 19-year-old. Mm-hmm. Now, Solskjaer no- knows him. He's had dinner with him and he, wa- he wants to, you know, like, Haaland wants to go and uh, Solskjaer wants to bring him in. Do you think would that be a solution? Maybe get get rid of Pogba and uh, bring him in. I think it would be a brilliant, brilliant transfer for United to make for the for the simple reason that Haaland offers a different option. Um, he's a huge, huge fella, but he's got an incredible instinct for goal. Now, at the current system United play, you'd have to slightly reshape the attacking lineup. Of course. Fans are not happy about that. It's, it's quite bizarre to see such a good goal scorer getting a negative reaction before he's even signed. But I, I think it would be fantastic on a number of levels for the different options on the playing field and also just simply as an investment. His value is going to go shooting up. And because he's worked with Solskjaer at Mulder as well, so he knows the manager well, um, not just through nationality, but he knows his character. So... I think it's a win-win situation. I definitely think United should go all out to sign him. Okay, so just before we go to the break, um, I know you're going to say with us, uh, I'll just leave you with this, that right now, United, after 17 games, have collected 25 points. One fewer than the same time last season when Mourinho was sacked. Just stay with that, stay with us on the line, and we'll be back right after the break. Uh, okay, folks, we're going to go to the break right now with, well, let's just say something that's going to... To make you enjoy yourself, okay? This is one, a great, um, a very, very good group. A group that, you know, I think we'll all enjoy. And this is one that, you know, when you hear it in a, in, in a hockey arena or wherever it is, it always lifts you up. And I love it. I really, really love it. This is Maroon 5, This Love. Back with more from Andrew Flint after the break. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
try my best to feed her appetite Keep her coming every night So hard to keep her satisfied Ladies and gentlemen, to part two of Capital Sports here on Moscow's Capital FM. I'm Alan Moore still, at least for this segment. Uh, that game between Arsenal Man City, double N, he is still very depressed because it's 90 minutes to add it on. It's still 3 0 to Man City. Okay, as we said earlier on, Spurs beat Wolverhampton Wanderers 2 1, and Manchester United drew 1 1 with Everton. Now, back to Andrew Flint. Andrew, um, earlier on, and in October, of course, not earlier on, two months ago, we said that it's done, it's dusted, it's over, finished, kaput, capiche, done. Liverpool have won the Premier League. Are we right? Uh, yeah, it's even more so now. <laughs> uh, I mean, Manchester City today, tonight has been absolutely outstanding against Arsenal. Just a complete universe above them. And yet they are still, still, even if they win tonight, going to be 14 points behind Liverpool already. Uh, you don't go... Yes the season dropping points once uh, and not be just a, a completely different class this is what Liverpool are uh, unfortunately the rest of us are just going to have to get used to this um, and it, yeah it's, it's signed sealed delivered done 
Okay, because you know, looking at the games today, I mean, okay, Spurs—they're—they're they're kind of like hanging on in there because we, we see Leicester City doing very, very well, punching well above their weight. Um, of course, they dropped two points, but it really doesn't matter because just looking at Liverpool—they're an absolute juggernaut. I mean, I mean, I've been. You know, I've been yeah. impressed with him since Klopp went in. He, he's, he's graduated in many ways. Okay, Mo Salah, he's, he's on the score sheet now, week in, week out, like, you know, two goals yesterday, um, one in each half. So, like, looking at it, um, I, I mean, Nigel Pearson, who's, who's now in charge of, um, Watford, I mean, he's, he's, he's going to take them down, no fault of his. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, Watford did well. They had chances, but, Still, Liverpool just seem to have that little bit of a, a, a an Alex Ferguson about them at the moment. Yeah, I mean it's um, it, it's just impossible to see how Liverpool are ever really going to drop their level of intensity. I mean, the squad that they're building, um, the more they add to it, and they've just added uh, Minamino from uh, Red Bull Salzburg, um, who'll join in the winter. I mean, for seven million pounds, it just it, yet again their squad is getting bigger and better, uh, and more efficient, more streamlined, more in line with how Klopp wants them to play. If you look at teams who have an identity, Liverpool have the clearest identity in the league, and not just the best team, but they have the clearest identity uh, along with Manchester City and that's the sign of a side that is just set up for not just a great season but a great period in their history it sickens me to say it but it is true okay now look we, we, we we're looking now at uh, Liverpool dominating and we said already all English teams doing very well in Europe now we'll just we'll okay let's just let's just run through it let's look at the English teams um, or let's say British teams all over okay so you have Four uh, English teams in the uh, knockout stages, which, of course, the draw is tomorrow uh, the, in UEFA headquarters. Um, Man City, Liverpool, um, uh, Man City, Liverpool, uh, Chelsea and Spurs. They're all in the next round, the knockout stages of the uh, UEFA Champions League. Then the British teams in the UEFA Europa League, of course, including your own Manchester United, double ends, Arsenal, Wolves, Celtic and Rangers. Um, question, Andrew. Boris Johnson dragged Britain and Northern Ireland, kicking and screaming back into days when peasants were peasants and knew their place uh, this past Thursday. Um, he's going to look to try and... Now, we all know that Brexit is going to happen, but just say it does. What on earth is going to happen with everything from visas to um, you know, their role in Europe? Because things are going to change and change drastically drastically so what should we expect maybe uh, because I know you've looked at this before what will happen with the visa regime and uh, players coming in because I, I've heard from uh, Premier League people today saying oh no we'll still be signing the best teenage players from around Europe but that surely can't happen now if they, uh, the economy goes back to the Stone Age well, I think for two very simple reasons, the the noises coming out that you've just reported are, are not entirely uh, not entirely accurate. For firstly, financially, like you mentioned, um, there is going to be a knock on effect of the the TV deals, the 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 way that foreign players earn money, because visa regulations, and that's the second point, are going to be even stricter. They already dictate that you have to be a very very specific fifa ranking of your national of your national association um to qualify there are certain point systems that can get you a backdoor entry um in terms in terms of visas the units you played in europe but that is just going to get stricter and stricter it just it, it's going to make it a very very hard um future for british clubs to negotiate now 
Okay, so um, okay, so say, say that. So it, it, it will be difficult for them. We like. I'm not going to. I'm not saying that. You know, like you know, Northern Ireland is going to to split away. Scotland's going to go independent, um, and you know, England and Wales are going to be some sort of I don't know Mad Max scenario wasteland uh, with people sort of like as we say, like you know, eating out of bins and sort of like you know, as I think it was Frankie Ball said, like using a GoFundMe for like a tonsillectomy. It's not going to be that bad, but it still will be difficult. So, okay, from what you said, so that they, you know, there will be restrictions on financial and so on and so forth. Um, where, where did you think? Do you think players will stay at home? Or do you think maybe, for example, Russia might benefit from this? Well, it's, it's very hard to predict is the short answer. Yeah. That uncertainty itself is what we'll see a lot of players perhaps move abroad. I mean, we're seeing a lot of young English players move to Germany, to the Bundesliga. Uh, a lot of English-speaking players, a lot of Americans as well in the Bundesliga. Um, now, how will Russia benefit? I think probably not a lot at first, but simply they might just have a chance to pick up the you know drip-down effect. If more European clubs get English talent, perhaps... Uh, perhaps we'll see the sort of the mediocre talent from <laughs> European leagues might look to Russia, um, and it, it wouldn't be a bad springboard for them. Um, we've seen how some cl- some players have made that step up. Uh, Zinchenko is the easy example. Alexander Zinchenko um, moved to Russia, got his move to Manchester City, and now he's a, a fantastic player for the Ukrainian national team as well. So, I think it will be. I think the uncertainty is going to be the most damaging part. A lot of players will think, "Hang on, not sure I want to move to England now." Yeah, that is, that is true. I mean. You know, in regard, like I mean, racism is racism everywhere. That like that will be dealt with, and you deal with it better in England than anywhere else. That's, that that's just a fact. Um, and I, you know, so I don't think there's like that much to hold players going back except money. So I'm with you on that. Um, okay, <clears throat> that was a nice segue from me uh, into the Russian Premier League. We need to, of course, right away uh, wish a very happy birthday to the head of the uh, RFS because I mean. Yeah, you know, we, 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 we already did when he was elected, um, Mr. Dukov. So a very happy birthday, Alexander Valerich. So uh, I hope you're enjoying it and remember us when you're dealing out some tickets as well. Um, and, uh, right now, of course, we said Liverpool have won the, uh, English Premier League. Zenit have won the Russian Premier League. That's done and dusted. They've only conceded nine goals in 19 games. I mean, uh, they're not unbeaten, of course. Liverpool are in 70 games. They've won 16, drawn one. Zenit are not too far off, okay? They've drawn three and lost two. But they're 10 points ahead of Krasnodar. They are 11 points ahead of Rostov. And the next two places are filled by Siska and Lokomotiv on 34 as well. Um, Dinamo have done very, very well, surprisingly. They are up into 24. Still in a negative goal difference, minus five. Spartak, minus two uh, goal difference, but they're in 10th. Bottom half of the table. Um, okay. Russian clubs, Siska, uh, they have... No, let's start off with Spartak. So Spartak uh, are, are, are this kind of the, 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 the lovely kind of uh, ongoing circus out at the Okriti Arena. Are they going to stick with their man, their German, or their Italian-German or German-Italian? Are they going to stick with them and let him go to the end of the season and give him another season? Or are they going to now sort of make a grab for Lina Suski? You know, I wouldn't put anything past uh, Mr. Leonard Fadoon. Um, there's no point trying to predict what exactly he's going to do next. It would be quite remarkable, even by Spartak Moscow standards, um, to, to get rid of Tedesco already in the winter. I don't think they will. I, I, even even Fadoon isn't quite that mad. Um, <laughs> now, the thing about... Okay. 
have not been good. The honeymoon is definitely, definitely over. Um, statistics don't look good, but the performances, they've not been consistent, but there was signs. You know, he needs time to implement his, his ethos. Um, Niall Umyadov has come in, and he's been very good for most of the games, but he was very, very poor against Rostov. He lost possession, and that's a sign of inexperience. Now, the winter break's come at a good time. They will have time to reset warm weather training um, and give uh, give Tedesco a bit of a breather uh, I, it would be mad to get rid of him in winter um, but we've seen madness before in Russian football so I wouldn't rule it out <laughs> <laughs> we're coming to that we're moving up the table so Dinamo okay they're going to stick with with, uh, with their man he's done well for them um, can we expect them to, to continue on their little not their little their impressive climb up the table because of course they kick off uh, the spring part of the the campaign at home against Spartak uh, and then a week later a week later this is a good one they have Tambov at home so they should win one of those two games and 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 sort of they they're not going to get relegated in any case and it is a case that Dmitry Durunets made last week they are chasing a place in Europe or am I wrong I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think you might be right. Um, Dynamo in Europe is where they obviously need to be in terms of balancing the books. Um, you know, they've spent a fair bit of money bringing in uh, Maximilian Philip, and he's done very well recently. Um, he got four goals towards the end of um, the end of the first part of the season, um, and I, I can't see why not. I mean, if you look at that table, can you honestly tell me that Tiska and Lokomotiv have got the consistency to hold off that challenge from Dynamo coming through? Arsenal, Tulo and Ufa don't have the legs to, to last the whole season like that. So I think Dynamo have a very, very good shot at um, putting pressure on the top five. Will they make top five? Yeah, that, that is a question. That is a very, very good question. Will they make top five? They, they're, they're a form team. Yeah, that, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, Lokomotiv then, of course, in fifth place, we, we've spoken with them. So, they, like, they got, they, they whimpered out of Europe. I mean, they were just whipped like a red, you know, red-headed, freckled kid. It was like terrible. Um, <laughs> sorry. And they, they're, they're gone out of Europe. They're, they're hanging on to, 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 like, to fight for second place. They're only a point back now. They're only a point back. There's only one point separating the top, the second to fifth place. Um, so, do you, I mean, most likely, as Dimitri Deron said to us last week, um, from, the Spar- from the Dynamo point of view, that it is good if they do hang on to, um, to Mr. Siomin. But uh, do you think maybe they might just gamble a little bit, get rid of him now and you know, kind of try as somebody else? Because if you look at it like, after, the, after the winter break, um, I mean, it's not going to be easy for them. Like, I mean, it's definitely not easy for, for, for Loco. They have their first game back up in Zenith against St. Petersburg. And then one week later, they have Ahmad Gosni at home, who could be their bogey team. Will they stick with Xiaomi or get rid of him? I think they will get rid of him. Um, I can understand why people are mentioning it, because their form has been, well, little short of dreadful um, towards the end of the winter break. Um, it was a shame how their Champions League campaign went, um, when you met, now you mention it, because the performances overall were actually not that bad, especially when you contrast them to last season, when they were just insipid the entire way through. Um, the pressure's on, though, and Sherman is somebody who can grind out results. Zanita Way is not a great way to kick off spring season, admittedly. Um, but, you know, when you've got Ackerman at home, Rostov are in trouble, Orenberg at home, 
Ruben away who can't score to save their lives and then they've got a good run of home games I think overall they should have a very good chance of getting back into Champions League because nobody seems to want the Champions League the way they're all dropping points Yeah, that, that is that is very, very true Okay, finally and we've only a couple minutes left on this uh, Andrew um, Siska this week sold 75% of the share of Genny Jinner who was he got a right slap in the wrist and was banned and so on by the Russian Football Union uh, for comments he made about the referee there last week um, Siska sold 75% of the shares to VEB a bank, so they've sold it back to the state. So another, let's say, private or privately owned club has gone. Um, Siska, I mean, they, I mean they, they're, they're, they seem to be all over the place. They have your guys, Ural, um, to start off the, the spring part of the league, and then, of course, they're away to Rostov. Uh, you, you think that they're, they're going to... Will they fight back into the race? Are they going to catch up on Rostov and catch up Krasnodar are they Moscow's best hope for a team in the Champions League next season uh, I'm quite fond of the side they built the squad they built is very young um, in innovative scouting I'd say and I think they will catch Rostov Rostov I think are just far too inconsistent um, and their problems off field with money and so on them back. Yeah. Um, I think they will struggle to get into the top three. I think Lokomotiv have the better prospects. They have slightly more experience, um, not just in the coach, but in the playing squad. Um, so I think this guy, I think they probably will stay stay fourth, but I think Rostov are the ones who will drop below them. Okay, listen, thank you, Andrew, very, very much. We will be back to you in the end of the show in part six. Uh, so stay warm and stay awake. I will do. Speak to you later, boys. Thank you. All right. So as Double M sets up our next call, of course, is James Rowe, our expert on Arsenal and Dutch football as well. Uh, we're going to go out to the break. We have, uh, how would you say, this is one that is going to bring us all back. Every, like anyone, anyone who's born in the 80s, or well, 70s for sure, but 80s, yes. And even the 90s, even the 90s, you'll remember this song because it's one with a kind of a funky kind of video. It's one that'll get you dancing around the kitchen wherever you are. If you have a, if you have a nice, let's say, mango from Thailand, if you're going to eat it right now, now's the time to do it because you can cut it and eat it dancing to this song. Okay, so we're going to go to the break right now with Bomb Funk MCs, MCs even, and Freestyler. Back with James Rowe after the break. Sports with Alan Moore. <laughs> Let there be a lesson question You carry protection Now with your heart go on Like Celine Dion Come on, come on,
Commercial. Мир уже не будет прежним. Больше не осталось места для обыденного. Только взрывное, героическое, волшебное, фантастически анимационное зрелище. Чувствуешь дрожь в коленках? Телеканал Фан. Добро пожаловать за границу реальности. Спрашивайте у вашего оператора платного телевидения. Для лиц старше 16 лет. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Capital Sports on Moscow's wonderful Capital FM. Of course, we are the number one English language radio station in Europe. Well, uh, let's say in Russia. And of course, we're the number one rated English language radio sports show in mainland Europe. Okay, so that game finished 3-0 between Man City and Arsenal. So, um, didn't really make a huge impact on the Premier League uh, table because, of course, it's Like it's a group of three basically running away with it, and then everyone else is chasing the fourth place spot. So Liverpool are on 49 points, Man, uh, Leicester City on 39, Man City 35, Chelsea are on 29, Spurs are on 26. And Man- Manchester United, of course, still chasing, still chasing. They would have actually been in fifth place had they won yesterday, but they didn't, as we know, against Everton. And um, and Dolan did get the shock. I told you, get the shock. There you go. So we did get the shocks. All right, we're going to go to James Rowe in just a moment. But of course, we have a lot to talk about because. Uh, tomorrow, of course, is the big draw. So at 12, the Champions League um, knockout round draw is tomorrow at 12 p.m. Central European time. So I believe that, that is 2 p.m. Double M will check in that for me what time it is tomorrow the draw is going to be uh, on it. Because, of course, it's a You know, it's important to see who's going to play who because there are some massive teams in that. I'll just run through them very, very quickly. The seeded teams, okay, seeded, so they're like Satsumas, or are Satsumas unseeded? I don't know. Uh, so, <clears throat> PSG, uh, Bayern Munich, Man City, Juventus, Liverpool, Barcelona, Red Bull, Leipzig, and Valencia. So, they are the seeded teams. Unseeded, Real Madrid, Spurs, Atalanta, who came through after hammering poor old uh, Shakhtar Donetsk. Atletico Madrid, Napoli, of course, who fired Carlo Ancelotti after they won 4-0. There you go. Um, Borussia Dortmund, Lyon and Chelsea. Okay, so it's, it's quite a sort of a very elite lineup. Okay, so looking across into the Europa League, notable names you're going to get. We've already named the uh, British clubs. You've also got then Sevilla. Uh, Porto are there you have um, well I guess Eintracht Frankfurt my team they are there Razgrad they have qualified as well AZ Alkmaar we already mentioned they're through Inter Milan Ajax Red Bull Salzburg Benfica Bayer Leverkusen of course from uh, that could have been Lokomotiv they are dropping down into the uh, Europa League uh, Shakhtar Donetsk Olympiakos and Club Bruges okay so So what else we go? So remember earlier on this year, earlier on this season, we were speaking with Alex B about what was going on in China. When there was a kind of um, what one, I think it was coach of the Clippers or the Golden State Warriors. Uh, he <clears throat> he basically said that you know we're going to play basketball. We don't really care about what's happening with uh, the Muslim minority in uh, China. Okay, he just spoke about sports. He's a coach. He doesn't have anything to do with anything else. So that's what he said. Then, of course, there was a reaction. Some other people saying, um, no, he should speak out. He should use his platform. There were protests at NBA basketball games, preseason especially, where the security, local security in America were taking down the banners and so on and so forth. So it was quite, quite a difficult moment. Then, of course, posters of NBA players were pulled down. Uh, matches were cancelled there and matches were pulled off TV. Now, enter 
our little donkey, Mr. Mesut Ozil. So he comes along and he... He, he talks about the, uh, the Uyghur Muslims, uh, who are a minority, of course, in China, who are, well, for everyone, well, from what we know, they are being sort of forced to be Chinese or more Chinese than, than uh, they are. Uh, and <clears throat> Mesut made a point of it, and all of a sudden, Arsenal's game today was pulled off domestic TV. Now, with such power from a foreign country and their business interests, just what can clubs do, especially in the English Premier League, when they desperately need Chinese money and Chinese markets? Um, with us to discuss this is our man who will be giving us a lot more than usual, well, n- more regularly, I should say, is Mr. James Rowe. James, how are you doing? Hey, okay. Uh, J- okay. Uh, James, listen... We're we're good here. It's plus two, so winter really hasn't started that hard. Um, but it's a not a good time to be Arsenal right now because um, that 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 sort of like little falling out with China. How will that cost them in the long term, James? Uh, well, first and foremost, um, I believe that uh, it's his personal opinion. Ozil was given his personal opinion, and the club has disassociated themselves from from that. You know, but also it's his personal opinion, and he felt that he had the uh, platform to speak out in that respect. I mean, he's spoken it before. He spoke about, for example, racism in German football, and we had. Um, Someone who worked with him, uh, Eric Stoffelshaus, um, the, the former sporting director of uh, Gelsenkirchen, of course, here at Lokomotiv Moscow. He said that uh, that was a bit of nonsense from him, that he shouldn't have spoken out. But also, I mean, today he was substituted in that 3-0 loss to Man City. Um, do you think he's kind of just drumming up a reason to be drummed out of Arsenal? Or James? Okay, double edge. Go well, try and get. You. Oh, James, you're back on. James, uh, just I asked you: Is is Mesut, Is he drumming up a reason to be drummed out of Arsenal? I don't. You you you, th- you think that it's just it's he's just using a personal platform as a player? Okay, we're going to try and get James back on the phone in just a moment. So um, another little bit of news we're going to uh, speak with <coughs> James about uh, is what um, Mr. Slutsky, Leon Slutsky, spoke about in a, a recent well a, an interview yesterday would have been uh, here with uh, Russian media because remember we were discussing before that the main reason he left um, his team uh, his club in um, uh, Vitus Arnhem in uh, Holland was basically that he he felt that he just couldn't, you know, uh, take them above fifth place, which he did say as well. But then, all of a sudden, he said, well, look, also, it's the way um, uh, they play, and he said that it's impossible for um, uh, players, or sorry, for foreign coaches to develop in Holland and to be a success. So, I mean, I think it's something that, you know, when, when, you know, when he made his, of course, his statement in Holland, he was a bit kinder and said, look, I'm doing it as a gentleman, which he did, which he did. I mean, there's no two ways about it. But then there's a little bit more in it that he said it like, you know, that they, that he couldn't reformat Dutch football. And that seemed to be a big problem. So, okay, we're back on with uh, James Rowe. James, um, just rolling back onto that. So, so basically, um, Meza just gave his point of view and he's entitled to do so, of course. Um, but do you think that this, there could be a knock-on effect, maybe, because um, with Arsenal being taken off Chinese TV, uh, how how is it going to affect him? Do you reckon? No. Can, can, can you can you hear us now, James? 
Okay, we're going to call James back. I just tried to get him back in the phone, so we're just having technical difficulties right now. So again, as I said, um, or as I was saying, Leonid Slutsky, he basically said that it's impossible to reformat Dutch football and that foreign coaches will never be a success there. Now, that's fair enough. That's it, it, it's, um, you know, he, he sort of was on match uh, Premier TV speaking about it and he said that he would refuse to go back to a Dutch team. Okay, he said that, uh, he said that you have to... Um, try and fight um, how to sort of reformat the Dutch mentality more than anything else and that he wouldn't go back. Now, of course, the questions are, where is he going to end up next? Um, he didn't really discuss it that much, but like he, he was kind of like a bit, a bit coy. Uh, of course, there could be jobs opening up um, come the new year. And one that I think a lot of local fans would love to go see him go into would be, for example, uh, the locomotive job. So there you go, moving from Cisco to locomotive. Um, James, I know you're back on us now, so we hear you loud and clear. Um, okay, so a quick, quick question on this, uh, James. Uh, how is this going to affect... Arsenal, sort of like the, the potential. I know, I, I know you've answered, but I mean, China is a very, very big market for, for um, European teams. And Arsenal are a team that likes to make money and needs to make money. Um, do you think that maybe long term this is going to put them even a further step back? No, we, we, we can't we can't seem to get James there at all. So it just seems we we'll we'll try uh, double N's gonna try him again, okay? Um okay, before we continue speaking of that, because of course we also want to ask James about what person is going to take the Arsenal job. We hear already people turning it down because of what's involved in the finance round and so on. But um <clears throat> there are other things happening here in Russia. Of course we'll speak about doping a bit later on with uh Isil Cody and we'll touch on it as well with Andrew Flint. However, here in Russia, some good things going on. Um, some ice hockey course last Monday. I enjoyed a hot dog. Well, actually, honestly, Dinamo Moscow, your hot dogs aren't great. For me, anyway, for me, just for me. I'm just saying from my personal opinion, they weren't that great. But the uh, presentation of the game was amazing. What you did, there was a group Bravo played as well. It was absolutely fabulous. Now, they lost in overtime after an absolute thriller against the runaway, well, I can't say runaway leaders, but the top team uh, in the West, the, the fast shooters in the West, uh, St. Petersburg, but it was an absolutely terrific game. Um, and in the, the championship right now, you have uh, St. Petersburg, they are top on 52 points. Uh, Tsuska Moscow they are in second of 51 Dino Moscow fighting very very hard and looking at them <clears throat> a very good side they are in third with 46 points now our Pod Moscovian our Moscow Oblast team Vityaz from Podolsk they are in fifth place level on points with Jokoret who are on 45 um, Spartak they're hanging there to the playoff picture they are in sixth place on 43 points now games this week well <sighs> If you really want to go out and have a, a good old evening out and a good bit of a laugh, okay? Uh, on Tuesday, you have two chances to do it in Moscow. You have Dinamo Moscow, who are at home against Lokomotiv, uh, or sorry, Jokorit, the uh, Finnish team. So that is a real battle. If they can win that game, if they win that game, uh, remember they've played 37 games, so they've two games more played than Jokorit from uh, Helsinki. If they win that game, they will move further ahead of them. <clears throat> and they really do need it because Jokorit are a very, very good side, very, very experienced, very, very strong side. That's at 7.30, the puck drops out at Dinamo, the, the uh, VTB arena. Spartak Moscow are home at the Siska arena. They're playing Vitas, okay? 
So this is kind of a local, it's a Moscow Oblast Derby, shall we say. So Spartak, you know, they need to win this to move ahead. So these are kind of two massive games. So Spartak win, they move ahead of Vityaz. Uh, Dino Moscow win, they stay ahead and they stay in the hunt for one of the top playoff places. Uh, Cisco Moscow, they are away on Tuesday. They are, uh, they are out in Dinamo Riga. Um, and they should be doing well. Okay, they should do well there. So, yeah, they're, they're, the Inner Riga are not doing that well this year. They're in 11th place. So, Siska should be winning that one. Okay. Um, <coughs> double N, <coughs> excuse me. Double N passed me over the news that at 2 p.m. tomorrow, the Champions League draw for the first knockout round the uh, will be drawn. And at 3 p.m., the Europa League will be drawn. Now, of course, a lot of people um, do know that. I mean, there's domestic football and then there's other football. And other football, of course, includes international competition. Um, and it's at the time of year when teams used to go away. Uh, they used to go away to the, whatchamacallit, the... Um, Oh, well, to Japan, it used to be the start. But this year, of course, it is out in Qatar. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the FIFA World Club Cup. Now, it's out in Doha right now because there's been so many issues over the stadiums out there. They had to move it. Uh, things weren't going well and so on and so forth. Um, but three games have been played. Uh, an average of 3.3 game, goals per game. An attendance of 6,500 per game. Now, not too bad because listen to the teams who are there. You've got Flamengo from Brazil. Uh, they're winners of the Cup of Lib- Libertadores. Uh, Ewan McKenna will pick me up on that one. They go straight into the semi final stage. Liverpool, European champions, they're going straight into the semi final as well. Al Hilal from Saudi Arabia, they won the AFC Champions League. Uh, you've got Esperanza Tunis, who won the African uh, Champions League. The AFC, of course, is the Asian Champions League. Monterrey, they, from Mexico, they have won the uh, CONCACAF, so this sort of um, North and Central America um, and Caribbean Champions League. Uh, I'm going to pronounce this wrong. I was going to say hygienic sport. It's not. It's Hingyong. They're French. From New Caledonia, anyway. The, uh, they won the Oceania Champions League. They're already gone. And Al Sad, of course, are the hosts. Uh, they won the Qatar Stars League. And they have a very interesting coach there, indeed. So, how has it gone so far? Well, it's quite interesting. The uh, Al Sad needed extra time to win 3-1 against the New Caledonians. Uh, and then after that, Al Sad went through and they lost... Not that they put up a good performance. Uh, they lost 3-2 <clears throat> against the Mexicans, Monterrey. Al-Hilal then went and won against Esperanza Tunis. Okay, so the semi-finals, which are taking place in three days' time on the 18th. Or sorry, first one is in two days' time on the 17th. You've got Flamingo and Al-Hilal. That'd be a good game. And then you have got Monterrey and Liverpool on the next day. They're both in the Khalifa Stadium out in Doha. Okay, the final... And, sec- and third place uh, playoff is on the 21st of December, which is next Saturday, okay? Um, all right, so hopefully, hopefully he's, we have him loud and clear. James, can you hear us this time? And more importantly, can we hear you? Uh, yeah, I believe it's the best connection so far. So thank you for your patience. <laughs> Listen, always patient because we, we love your work and you know our listeners love your work as well. James, um, I want a couple of quick questions before we go out uh, because we're at the top of the air, we go to the break, of course. Couple of quick questions. First one: um, Who is in the running for the Arsenal job? Because we've heard that some people have been turning it down or are removing their interest. So, who is the top favourite, and who do you reckon is going to get it? Well, there's lots of rumours in terms of uh, managers' links: Marcelino, Ancelotti, Arteta, Nuno Espirito Santo from Wolverhampton Wanderers. 
Um, it's anybody's guess at the moment. Um, I uh, there are rumours that Ancelotti is quite close, but um, I think due to the indecisiveness at board level, I don't think we'll have an answer anytime soon. Okay. Um, do you think that? I mean, the longer it goes on, do you think it's more damaging for for Arsenal, especially when we're coming into the winter break when you might need to either offload or bring in some players? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I concur fully. I think the longer this managerial malaise goes on, the it's getting harder for him to do anything. You saw today with yeah. the you yeah you saw today how Manchester City were a better team, more organised, and how the mistakes crept in um, in terms of team ethic at Arsenal. Um, it's it's a sad indictment, really. They expected a reaction when when sacking Naimi, and unfortunately, no reaction has occurred. Okay. Um... All right, we're going to se- we're stepping over to your neck of the woods right now, over to Holland. Uh, last evening uh, on Match Premier TV here, um, Lena Sussi gave his first full interview. Um, he basically continued what he'd said back, you know, when he was in Holland, when he was leaving and so on, uh, leaving Vitesse. Um, he he was, you know, he he was how do you say? He was very nice about it. He said it was very very good, and he's you know he sort of believe that he gave his all, but that he just felt that uh, Vitesse were going to struggle to get above fifth place in the in the in the, the Dutch uh, top flight. But also something very interesting said that the Netherlands is not a country of foreign coaches with fundamentally different views. Okay, so he said that the inability to reform at Dutch football in this plus the current setbacks is is how um, he couldn't succeed. And he basically said that foreign coaches are not going to do well in Holland. Is he right? Um, I don't know if he's right completely. I think it depends on the, on, on the timing. Timing is very important in terms of the club that you choose to um, to go to. And also with the amount of Dutch coaches coming through, you look at Ajax uh, with Ten Hag and um, PSV with Van Bommel and also the story of the season so far with an old head in Adrie Costa rejuvenating Willem Twee who are currently in third position. Um, I think it's just, um, it started very strong for him, as we know. But I think he, he he really felt the weight of losing five games in a row. But I... I yeah. When he arrived at the club, he was full of um, full of vigour and, and so excited to get started that um, that waned eventually after, I think, 18 months. So... You... you so, okay, so we've... Have we... Well, James is gone? James is... Okay, we've lost James. Look, basically, again, what he said, that he arrived at Vigor and it kind of waned, which it does uh, sometimes, not just in football clubs and football managers, but also in relationships, but not always, because sometimes it grows and grows and grows, as we know. And, and, this is where we're going out to the break with this. So this is one to kind of calm us down before we meet the avuncular, the absolutely full of beans. Well, this is, I'm being contrary in this. The, the, the uh, upbeat uh, Alex B because we're going to go back to the break after the break with him so just to relax a little bit to have a nice bit of a romantic pause in our show tonight because this is Callum Spot uh, Callum Scott even sorry and you are the reason of course it's a remix but you're going to enjoy it all the same we're back with Alex B after the break Capital Sports with Alan Moore There goes my heart because you are the reason in my state 